In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Are you loving God at full capacity or is there sin that is hindering you? Are you hungry to pursue God? Are you involved in a local church? And and does the leadership of that church know your name? It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I am here with Dale Culver. Uh, What's your favorite color? Blue. Yeah, I was not going to ask you how you doing, my, my man. Remember a brother from another mother? Yeah, so anyway, so blue, that's my favorite color. Yeah. Go figure. Just Royal my blue, guy. navy blue, cobalt blue. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Baby hey, blue. What, what do you got going on? What do you got for us today? Yeah, hey, man, we have some uh, small groups we're getting ready to launch, some virtual groups, and I'm just excited about that. And if you guys uh, want to get in on that, uh, you need to like get to our website, click on Join Our Program, and do that right away. I got guys filling up my team already for the Pacific Northwest. We have a, a, a thread on Telegram, the PNW Media Group. Just for your group. Just for my group. And for every group. But and, yeah. yeah, every group will be able to do that and start interacting with guys. So if, even if it's not that Wednesday morning when we normally meet, we can still have conversation throughout the week and all that stuff, and it's pretty awesome. we got guys in there challenging, hey, how's your Bible reading going? And uh, so things like that, and new guys that are coming in like, hey, I'm going to get in on that. Yeah, I'm going to start doing my thing. Yeah, guys, you really need to go sign up for that. Um, some of the time zones are already full, so if that's the case, we have five teams launching in the spring cycle, and uh, this is some good stuff, guys. You'll be with these guys for up to possibly uh, two years if you want to. These groups are going to go through the five-book series, Strong Men, and um, love to have you guys be a part of that. It's an outstanding uh, resource for you in becoming your best version. So I want to talk about Chapter 6. In my book, The Full Capacity Man, which, by the way, will not be launched or released until June. So I'm just walking through this with you so you can get a taste of it. This is the 20 qualities to assess your best version. We have a part of that assessment online right now where you can go online, take a 40-statement assessment, and determine where you are strong and where you are weak according to the five essentials of manhood that I outline in my book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. Anyway... This chapter is called The Vigilant Man, and if you remember, we have attached this chapter to yet last week's chapter uh, or topic, which is The Moderate Man. So moderate with substances, vigilant with your mind. And so I, what my favorite part about this book, Dale, 
is not the titles because the titles are boring, but the subtitles are what it's all about. And I mention the subtitles throughout these chapters. And this one is really cool. Keep your head in the game. Mm, Keep your head in the game. Good. As a as a baseball player, as a football player, as a basketball player, believe it or not. You know, we heard this constantly from our coaches. Hey, keep your head in the game. Keep your head in the game. Do your job. Keep your head in the game. Be alert. Be ready. Keep your head on a swivel. All of these things spoke to this word vigilance. And so that's why I want to talk about, you know, and, and that comes from the King James Version of the Bible in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. By the way, uh, George, that's for you, baby. I know you are a King James Bible guy, so want to give a shout-out out there to George. He knows who he is. So anyway, a bishop must be vigilant. Mm. This is what Paul says. Uh, last week we quoted St. Augustine. I'm going to quote St. Augustine again. He said, conquer yourself, and you have conquered the world. And then Jesus said, the thief, however, comes to steal and kill and destroy these are dichotomous statements, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. And so I had a really cool experience, Dale, of vigilance. Uh, several years ago, I took my dad to Wyoming for a deer hunt, and my dad's aging and he can't walk very far at all. So we were with a friend in his truck driving around the hills of uh, the Buffalo, Wyoming area. And we came around this one hillside, and a thousand yards away, I saw, you know, mountain maggots, you know, sheep. <laughs> littered all over the hillside. Yeah. But what I really noticed was this white dot from a thousand yards away. As we got closer, I noticed the dot was moving. And I threw my binoculars up, and it was a dog, and its tail was wagging, basically saying, I see you. And what I realized, and I've done research on this, this was a greater Pyrenees sheepdog. These dogs uh, can stay alone. All that was there was a doghouse and a water bowl. So I'm assuming somebody came daily and fed the dog. But that dog is alone with a sheep, period. We were just in New Mexico for our arena coaches gathering. Mm -hmm. Same deal. A herd of goats this time with a Pyrenees sheep dog, of course. And so these dogs are vigilant. Their job is to watch the sheep. Did you watch the 214 biographical film, called American Sniper. Did you ever see that? Yes. So American Sniper, that's the story of Chris Kyle. There's yes. an early scene in the movie when he and his brother had just fought a bully, and their father, Wayne Kyle, is teaching them a life lesson that Chris never forgot, and I won't forget it, and here it is. I'm going to quote the movie. There, The father says this, There are three types of people in this world, sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. Some people f prefer to believe that evil doesn't exist in this world, and if it ever darken their doorstep, they wouldn't know how to protect themselves. Those are the sheep. Then you've got the predators who use violence to prey on the weak. They're the wolves. And then there are those blessed with the gift of aggression and overpowering need to protect the flock. These men are the rare breed who live to confront the wolf. They are the sheepdog. I got chills, man. I love that. <laughs> and so men... We are training you, equipping you, inspiring you to live at full capacity. The full capacity man is a sheepdog. He is ever vigilant. So in chapter in chapter in the earlier chapter, moderation 
subtitled Everything in Moderation, we discuss the similarity between Paul's use of this close, the closely related words paranoios and nephalios. Do you remember that from last week? Yep. Paranoios and nephalios, which can be addressed, which will also be addressed right now. Uh, when we unpack the various Bible translations for several of these words, it can be confusing and frustrating. Several of these words are very closely interlinked, and so I want to be very close. Like a, when I'm butchering game, I will separate the sinews between the, the, the muscle to cut steaks, right, to remove the gristle. And so that's what I'm trying to do in this book. I'm trying to really separate these in a definitive way to make it very easily to, easy to understand. So moderation had to do with ingesting substances. Vigilance has to do with the effects of those substances and their potential to hinder your vigilance or your awareness. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I realize that these 20 qualifications were not put there to make us frustrated, confused, or redundant, which is why I've gone to such pain to sift out uh, the original intention. So in the chapter on moderation, Paul dealt with things that the human body ingests. If overdone, these would inhibit its full function thus negatively affect one's cognitive capacities. This is really, really important. In this chapter and in this podcast episode, I adamantly hold, I believe this, Dale, that nephalios was never intended to describe things, substances, but the establishment and maintenance of an alert mindset over time, which is why I chose the word vigilance. Some Bibles will use the word watchful or temperate or sober. To me, that doesn't describe nephalios to the nth degree. Nephalios, the goal of nephalios is a man who is intent and vigilant. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Paul writes, Be sober of spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Hey, buddy, if you know there's a lion around, you're not going to be sober of spirit. You're going to be highly vigilant. You're going to be cocked and locked and ready to rock. You know what I'm saying? So Nefalius addresses one's mindset, not physical state of being. Albert Barnes writes this, The word means properly sober, temperate, abstinent, especially in respect to wine, then sober-minded, watchful, circumspect. So again, we're talking about this vigilance. And so, guys, the question here is, is there anything, again, very similar to last week, is there anything in your life that would make you a crappy sheepdog? Is there any area in your life where you are not vigilant? And this is not necessarily substance-related. About Nefalios, Adam Clark wrote this, a man must be vigilant, watchful, for one who drinks is to sleep, so he who abstains from it is more likely to be awake to attend to his work and charge. A bishop has to watch over the church and watch for it, and this will require his care and circumspection. Vigilance is a constant position of overwatch. And so that's what we're talking about. So when I think of that, I think of a couple things. Is there anything in your life hindering you from seeing the big picture? So the big picture of your life, your retirement, your children, your marriage, your job, your church, 
Is there anything where you are, you know, because of laziness or because of weariness or because of woundedness, you've uh, disallowed yourself from being vigilant? So I want to talk about the mental state of mind. Keep your head in the game, right? How full is your emotional tank? How are you doing mentally? What are you learning? What is God saying? Is your mind rested, alert, and ready? Are you ready, guys, to share your faith to a a person that God opens a door with? Are you ready to engage in every moment? How is your mental state of mind? Number two, how is your physical well-being? We talked about this last week. These words are deeply related to each other. I used to brag, Dale, as a young man, about how I could function on four hours of sleep. I used to brag about that. I, I think, what an idiot I was. If you're an adult man, an adult male, you need seven to eight, maybe nine hours of sleep a night. And if you are going to live off of five, all I have to say is you're an idiot. There's a guy out there right now who's got a podcast. He's got a massive following. He brags about getting like four and a half hours of sleep. I'm like, well, you're an idiot. Don't tell me you're tougher than everybody else. You have trained your body to live without sleep, and it is going to ruin you down the road. Mm -hmm. We have to get rested, guys. Number three is your spiritual relationship with God. Are you loving God at full capacity, or is there sin that is hindering you? Are you hungry to pursue God? Are you involved in a local church? And, and does the leadership of that church know your name? Do you love God more than you did yesterday? Are you walking, guys? Listen, in biblical obedience, get off your girlfriend and marry her. <laughs> are you researching? I'm serious. I don't understand. Why guys are so weak in that area? Put your wiener in your pants and get married. Right. I mean, come on. Be a man. Am I reading the word daily? Am I giving 10% minimum to kingdom causes? Guys, are you vigilant in these areas? And I have found, Dale, that the sad answer is most men aren't. Mm-hmm. Spiritually. They're spiritually weak and drunk and soft. True. I don't know how else to say it. Fourth, how about your social life? Guys, how is your marriage? Are you deeply connected to your wife? Do you make love to her often? Do you pursue her? Are your children healthy, respectful, obedient? Are your relationships healthy? I have found that when guys lose vigilance, it's because they are consuming too much of some kind of substance. They are not getting enough sleep. They are not taking enough time off of work. I'm finding those things, right? Uh, um, And this is important, guys. Guys, are you vigilant? Do you care about the things that God cares about? So, guys, I hope this helped you uh, tie a knot between moderation and vigilance. Uh, We've got six down and 14 more to go, and uh, we will uh, catch you next weekend. So, Dale, why don't you drive us home, buddy? Yeah, guys, why don't you head on over to meninarena.org and join our program. You can just click on the link there and get involved and invest in becoming your best version by many of the resources we have on our website. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and... Hey, be a man.
You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.